1: have accessed entry 289.jl0118 certificate number 28929
0: cow magnets do you have any precious metals or gems like on my on my person right now i know that you do not you don't typically wear jewelry, at least not that's visible. You might have a Prince Albert or something, but you don't seem to... Uh, you don't have, like, any big diamond rings.
1: My only booty is my actual booty.
0: But do you, you don't have, like, a box with rubies in it or something like that? Has that ever appealed to you? Buried on a, on <laughs> a,
1: a secret location on a beach. If anyone will can... Decipher
0: my devilish clues. We've we've talked quite a bit about uh, money and and hoarding money and so forth, but <laughs> <laughs> mostly mostly you about me hoarding money on, on the last outro. <laughs> but have you? But you don't have any. There's no appeal uh, to you of of uh, what you know what would have been considered wealth. Uh, I buy my
1: wife jewelry. Uh, yeah, that's nice. Which she then sometimes wears. Sure, it's it a used, good way to keep your it marriage together. It used to be kind of crappy costume jewelry, and now it's a little nicer. Uh-huh. Um,
0: I, you get her cubic zirconium instead of just glass. I, I've moved
1: from <laughs> QVC to Home Shopping Network now when I buy her her Joan Rivers jewelry. I do not—I mean, you used to literally own ingots of gold and silver that you would use as doorstops,
0: right? You said used to. Yeah, I
1: you, own ingots. You continue to own ingots. I, I I'm just ingots. trying. To, I'm trying to keep the, the ingot thieves off your back. Yeah, Thanks. You know what I love is like the gemological stuff in like museums. Mm-hmm. Like if you're in a natural history museum and they have a room full of weird rocks that have weird crystals, some of them are precious, some of them are semi-precious, some of them are probably crap but look cool or look cool under a black light. I love that kind of stuff. That
0: does seem like the type of thing that you would love. Some of them are meteorites. That would but- make make uh, being your child and going on a visit to a natural history museum even that much more excruciating. But I'm
1: never... No, kids love it. Dad wants to spend an hour in the gyms. I have to, I have to pull the kids out of the gyms because kids are like, how much do you think this is worth? Right, but true. I never look at that lump of uh, Prescottite or Reynoldsite or whatever the weird mineral is and think, that should be in a brooch. And it should be in a brooch on me or my loved ones.
0: But do you do you have... Is there any appeal... Um, you know, there, there were... There were ways of of uh, communicating wealth and of of uh, amassing wealth in the past that were mostly tied to physical objects, right? You didn't have. You see how I dress, right? Yeah, like I'm, um, I don't have a Rolex. I see how you dress, all right.
1: It's uh, like I, I'm never. I think people are shocked when they find out i don't have a nice watch or something no
0: right no i'm shocked every time you walk in here in this you'd be shocked if i did have a nice watch. (laughs) stuff from the remainder bin at (laughs) h&m uh but you know like what about frankincense and myrrh oh absolutely would you would you uh would you covet a little bowl of frankincense if you could get your hands on one
1: i would have to be clear first of all what the appeal of frankincense is What is it? It It smells nice. It smells nice? Yeah. It smells like like Gwyneth Paltrow's hoo-ha? What does it smell uh, like?
0: uh, Frankincense is something that's used to conceal the smell of dead bodies. It's
1: like the Gwyneth Paltrow candle, but it smells like uh, Frank...
0: That's Frank Oz. It smells like Frank Oz. (laughs) 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 It smells like the inside of the Grover puppet. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, frankincense was very valuable in a time when everybody smelled bad. Because you could, you put it in perfume. You could right. burn it. It would be, um, you know, it would it would make things smell nice. And but do you know
1: what a little uh, a little dispenser of Gillette Ultra Dry antiperspirant costs
0: now? Three fifty. And I think you could probably get frankincense for a lot uh, more cheaply now than you could in the time of uh, in the time of Jesus, when it was one of three things that the wise men brought.
1: right up there three with valuable gold. things. Right, could have been gold, silver, and platinum, but nope. Uh, frankincense and myrrh evidently edging out silver.
0: Well, you know, what's funny is that myrrh,
1: also a perfume. Right. Two of the three things are odor-related. I guess right. it's not bad when you have a newborn. like
0: Especially if the newborn's in a manger. Yes.
1: Right? If everything smells like Extinction. newborn poop, and I, I'm not going to say that Jesus' poop does not smell amazing. I don't want to get into that <laughs> theological <laughs> hassle. But right. We can assume that the cow poop still smells
0: like cow poop. Sure. Even proximate to Jesus.
1: Are you thinking that the appeal of these substances for me would be that they smell nice or just that they're they're rare and, and exotic uh, ointments?
0: Rare and connected to history. I mean, one of the appeals of amber is that you often find uh, little prehistoric insects that are embedded in the amber. And and it, it's not only a precious stone, but also has this link to, to – uh, you know, direct link to – Pa- the past
1: that's what I like about the nerdy Natural History Museum stuff right.
0: but you don't want to collect it yourself you, d- you don't feel any charge I don't know well, with amber you would literally feel a charge right? right I'm not
1: much of a hoarder of little bowls of things and I know that's gonna hurt you deeply because it's all you right. are the king of <laughs> little bowls little bowls of things anonymous yeah uh,
0: you're not got, anonymous anymore
1: yeah exactly <laughs> you've got your 20-year chip of just of too many little <laughs> bowls of things <laughs> Uh, you're, you're very devoted to your little bowls of things. I do. Well, what are your, what are your kind of, uh, odd semi-valuable things you would like to, oh, you have a coffer of or would like to have a coffer know of?
0: know me. i I collect birds' nests I find on the ground because I feel like somebody needs to. They should. The bird went to a lot of effort. A bird did. And I want to, I want to commemorate that bird. I want that bird to live on. You want to make soup out of it. I have nests of birds long dead. <laughs> but I haven't gone I haven't gotten all the way into collecting um you know the uh the wealth of the ancients, right? Like I don't have pearls, I don't have I, I like how, rubies. I like
1: how apparently your to do list is the only thing keeping you from the wealth <laughs> of the ancients.
0: Otherwise you're good to go on I, a house full of pearls and rubies. You know, I would be I would I would collect relics. I think maybe if I was a little bit more of a mystic, um I would be more interested in you know, the uh, like St. Peter's incisors or whatever. I, I like
1: the historical connection. Yeah. I have a little uh, a little bit of the Berlin Wall in my office and yeah, a little, talked about a that. little bit of water from the Ganges.
0: In um, a, in what, a
1: vial? It, yeah, it's, it's, d- a, it's a little sealed brass urn. Oh, what, you don't put
0: it in your tea. What's or?
1: smaller than, I don't really think you should. No. I mean, I've never had Asiatic cholera and I'm not
0: eager to begin sure. by licking random things in my office. Well, it's funny that your little vial of uh, Ganges water could be used as a sort of you could seed other people's um, like crayon apple with it and see if it gives them cholera. <laughs> just, po- just
1: start poisoning people. It's but, a very ineffective way to
0: kill someone. Well in fact poisoning people is pretty darn effective way of killing people. It was a it was a very popular way of of assassinating people in ye olden times. You're really
1: coming out in favor of, uh, of poisoning. Well, pois- John Roderick's official approved way to murder a loved one.
0: The thing about poisoning is it's hard to, it's hard to absolutely pin down who, uh, who did the killing and, and poisoning often manifests as illness. Yeah. And anciently, right. nobody would blink an eye. Somebody so,
1: keeled over just like they might have anyway.
0: And arsenic was kind of a preferred way of, uh, of murdering people in, um, in the Middle Ages, or you know, arsenic is easy to come by and easy to slip into someone's food. And even in
1: early twentieth-century Agatha Christie stuff, it's all arsenic and arsenic cyanide and lace. If the weird detective smells it and it smells like bitter almonds, that's cyanide. If, it, know, if it doesn't, it's arsenic.
0: It frankly dying of lace is even worse. <laughs> well, how would you kill someone with lace? Well, so with old ways. lace, <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> we can we can leave that
0: to your uh, BDSM podcast. But uh, one of the uh, one of the sort of Ancient, not well. Yeah, both ancient and sort of um, ancient up until the 18th century. Early modern, or early modern. One of the one of the uh, popular cures for uh, arsenic poisoning, or rather antidote to arsenic poisoning, was um, was a little precious stone in the f- sort of family of amber, not you know, not actually a stone, but a little rock uh, called a bezoar. And a bezoar, for those who don't follow the, um, the, who aren't gastroenterologists or collectors of ancient artifacts. Mineralogy and gastroenterology (laughs) overlap here in this one place. A bezoar is a, a little stone that forms in the gut of a ruminating animal one that chews its cut or like a, a, a hoo- not always a hooved animal. It, uh, there are a lot of animals that create bezoars. Um, it's a little stone of indigestible material that- What's uh, it
1: usually made out of?
0: Well, uh, um, you know, a lot of sort of plant material can get sort of caught in the cycle of uh, the uh, ruminant's many stomachs and- just sort of get get caught in a in a pocket and glom together with other stuff. Just, um, it's just some hard to digest plant part. It's you know seeds, seed pits, right. uh, cellulose. Because cows can do
1: something we can't do. I mean, we can do a lot of things that cows can't do. Yes, trapeze acts, long division, programming, uh, but uh, throw a javelin. But cows can digest cellulose.
0: They can, uh, and cellulose is is uh, is very difficult to digest, but the way cows digest cellulose is not just that they have a super stomach that can digest cellulose. it's that they have four stomachs, and they constantly are sending the cellulose back up the chain. Um, so when a cow chews and a deer when when they initially eat their when a their cow grass, and a deer together chew. when a cow and a deer meet t- coming through the rye if they're out at dinner together and they're eating the rye uh, what they <laughs> do is at, uh, when they first eat the grass they don't chew it very much they just and you've seen this in That's that, how all, I eat. all your time looking at cows chewing all the time we've had meals together um you know a cow doesn't have uh, uh the the same sort of number of teeth that we do right a cow has incisors on the bottom of its mouth, but imagine a cow with big canine teeth, right? Like rah, like it would look like a horse. Basically, yeah. a horse has teeth, but um, but the top of a cow's mouth, uh, follow me there, is just a very come with me now. It's just a leather pad. And Wait, the, it has no, it really has no upper teeth. No, and then the bottom teeth. Just kind of grind against this upper pad. Now, in the back of a cow's mouth, it has molars on top, on and, top bottom and bottom okay. that that do that side to side chewing. Mm-hmm. But what a cow or a or a uh, or a deer or any one of these ruminating animals does is they, they gobble up a bunch of grass and they send it down, um, and they uh, they send it through the uh, reticulum, which is their first stomach, into the rumen, which is their second stomach, and the second stomach. Sits and works on it a little, you know. Kind of m- turns it into a little bit of a mush. The reticulum is like the foyer
1: of a cow, a f-
0: foyer, and then it comes into yeah. the rumen, which is the living room of the cow, the living room, the parlor. The parlor. Uh, and then what the rumen will do is it'll pitch that uh, that grass back up to the reticulum, which is kind of a muscular foresomic, and the reticulum will send the grass back up through the esophagus to the cow's mouth where it will sit, you know, when a cow eats, it eats, 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 and then it goes and sits in the shade. Um, And then it it post eats. And then it sits and chews its cud. Mm -hmm. Which is is, is
1: food that is coming back up.
0: Right. And we call it, uh, we call that rumination. It's where we get the word ruminate, which is what I do probably 80% of my waking hours. You, sit and, You up-check food back into your <laughs> mouth? Just sit in, a, sit in a shady plot of grass and sit and slowly chew. Re-eat the tacos you had for lunch. Right, except what I'm slowly chewing is all the mistakes I've made <laughs> in this life.
1: There's kind of a lesson there then. So they're, they're just – they can digest cellulose because they're just working harder. They put in the time. That's right. That's the 10,000-hour
0: rule. And then the food goes back down to the rumen, and then it goes back up to the reticulum. And then after a while, it goes down to their third stomach, which is a kind of filter – that filters the water out and kind of, you know, it um, it prepares. This is all well before any kind of, you know, upper intestine. The omasum, right? Or the omasum. Am I saying that right? That's O-Mason? exactly
1: right. I don't know how to say it.
0: And the omasum, and each one of these stomachs has a very different internal quality. They are all, one of them is honeycombed and one of them looks like a shag carpet and one of them is, you it's know. Chandelier. Yeah, chandelier. It's
1: omasum, by the way. Omasum. Says, says Merriam-Webster. I've never had to say it.
0: And then the final layer of the stomach, or the final stomach, I guess, is the abomasum, which is the kind of one that prepares the prepares the uh, the now processed uh, goop for its long journey into
1: to get pooped at Jesus's major
0: to have to be a big smelly cow patty that requires the use of of ancient grains uh no that uh, requires the use of ancient ancient smelling resins right myrrh to cover up um and what Thank you for taking me on that journey. Yeah Jonas. it's a wonderful it's a lovely lovely journey Very vivid. to the center of a cow. And what happens is that you that in a cow there will also because cows and uh, and other ruminants they're not super discriminating about what goes in their mouth
1: because they've got this long Kind of ironclad process. They don't yeah. have to be, right?
0: That's right. And like an if al- you're a
1: caribou, you can just eat everything you see, and that's probably the best evolutionary and metabolic plan for you.
0: That's right. And and, in a, and a typical cow or caribou is only going to encounter in its life things that it I can pr- pretty clearly identify as like this is edible and this is not, right? I mean, it, you're not a caribou in in its natural state is never going to come upon a plastic can.
1: Um, right. Elk evolved to just eat everything coming out of the ground, right. basically.
0: And the and uh, cows and elk and, and uh, animals of this kind can s- still get foreign objects into their digestive system because they don't have especially articulate lips. Hmm. Now, if you think about a horse or a goat or a, you know, a, there are a lot of animals that... Mr. Ed can move his lips. Yeah, their lips are part of their peanut
1: butter on it, so it looked like he was talking.
0: And what we do as eaters, when we put something to our mouth, our lips and tongue do a lot of discrimination, right? You don't. If you get a foreign object in your food, you you will discover it in your mouth and spit it out a long time before you end up swallowing a BB or a. For the most part, right? If somebody slipped a razor blade into your apple you would notice it um because you don't eat an entire apple and then spit it back up to chew it i mean
1: we're so attuned that if you know if you take a bite of something that you thought was going to be uh you know sriracha and it actually turned out to be raspberry jam we we, we were surprised we're right. good we're good at getting rid of the stuff that was not what we were planning
0: on. you'd know it, you'd know it in an instant whereas mm. a cow uh their their lips are not you know like if you think about a cow it's not super expressive faced, right? A cow. would agree. Has one mood. Yeah. You don't look at a cow and go like, whoa, what is it feeling? It's just like, I think you. The chewing doesn't help. You judge how well a cow is doing by how much light there is in its eyes. Like a cow can be active. A cow can seem vibrant or a cow can seem dull and, uh, and like bummed or in pain. But a cow isn't, like, smiling. It's the Pete Carroll of the animal kingdom. It's always chewing,
1: right. and it's always in the same mood. Right.
0: Pete Carroll's a little bit agitated at all times.
1: and Are, are cattle agitated?
0: Mm, depends.
1: Depends on if they've been uh, castrated.
0: Uh, right, or, or if you are piping in, like, wolf sounds <laughs> while they sleep. <laughs> is that what you do? <laughs> we found out the beef tastes even more delicious. <laughs> That's what Wagyu beef is. It's just cows that have had to listen to wolves all night but cows so 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 in history um the w- w- in a lot of these animals that were hunted um deer antelope uh I- I- oxen um in the process of slaughtering these animals uh people would discover in their stomachs these stones these um these you know very hard often very round stones called bezoars which were some amount of indigestible matter that that spent time in the the rumen
1: and it's like being in a river it kind of got just eroded and and turned into a rock just by getting Rock tumbled for...
0: Well, and what ends up happening is it, it attracts uh, calcium to it. It attracts mag- oh. magnesium phosphate that...
1: that it, it does have mineralogical stuff on absolutely. it. Absolutely. Oh,
0: okay. And so, and they become, you know, they become stones and they're and they're smooth and round because they do spend, however, you know, years and years sort of tumbling around in the stomach of these creatures. I wonder
1: why cows evolved to give their valuable mineral stuff, which presumably their body processes need, to, to covering up these little weird seed gumps in there i wonder if it's protective it is it is
0: because because a cow can um and this happens periodically a cow will in the course of grazing on a gravel road for instance will with its you know sort of uh hoovering up of of its food material will will get a sharp rock in there and the sharp rock will if it's sharp enough if, if it's the kind of rock that you seldom see in nature but like a you know something as part of a gravel, something rug. jagged
1: enough to, yeah, uh,
0: it'll go in and actually can can really cut cut up the cow from inside. Cows do not have gizzards. No, no, they they should. They have reticulums and rumens. And, I wish
1: I had a gizzard. Uh, really, I mean, sure, why not? Wouldn't it be fun to—I mean, you'd have to have your mouth evolved to eat
0: rocks as well. Well, yeah, you'd be out have eat—every meal you'd have a little cup of dirt that you had to kind of spoon into your— Think
1: how that would change uh, dining etiquette if instead of a little finger bowl, you had a little gravel
0: bowl. With a tiny little spoon.
1: Think how fun it would be, a fun way to mm. eat out. It's like fondue or something. You've mm. got you've got to mix in your, uh, your gravel spoon.
0: I do wish that there was some step between me gobbling up uh, food as fast as I can and that food entering my stomach yeah. where it was further— chewed by some Most people thing. are slowed down by
1: conversation, but I'll just I'll just talk with my mouthful. Gobble 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 gobble. Yeah, I need a gravel spoon.
0: I like soft food, you know. All the apple sauces, pretty much any kind of sauce.
1: I was just thinking about how I don't order soup when I go out, even though I do enjoy soup. It seems like it's not quite food enough. I want to feel like I got my money's worth. I need to chew something. you order you order soup?
0: I get all the I try and get as many courses as I can, but you know me, I like every kind of I like a goulash, right? I want all the food to I want every kind of food in every meal. I'm the guy in the restaurant that says, can I get half uh, Chili Colorado and half Chili Verde? And it's my, you know, it's how I gauge like a, a quality Mexican restaurant. If the wait, if the, if the server you, is like, yeah, that's fine. You know what you could
1: have is a spouse because like, Mindy and I will often order two different things and then we'll just swap plates halfway through.
0: You're and always trying to get me to have a
1: spouse. I mean, this is not the only benefit, but it's the main one seems, is, that, is that I can have half a French toast and then somebody's about to give me, right as the French toast disappears, half an omelette is going to appear. It's very nice. It seems like a high price to pay for half an omelette every <laughs> once in a while. You do. And Washington is a community property state. So I lose uh, half of everything. But in exchange, get I, every I, once in a while,
0: you, I get half an omelette. Your French toast is bolstered by half an omelette.
1: It's very nice. Nice. We were at dinner once with some, we were, there were six of us, it was a table of six, and our friends, who were kind of uh, conspicuously fun, decided it would be fun to order everything on the menu. Oh, dear. And so they told the server, we'll just take everything, and he warned us that this would be too much food, and I warned them I had eaten there before that this would be too much food. How many items were on this menu? It must have been between 15 and 20 items for a table of six. We'll have one of everything. And it was, it was kind of fun to try one of everything. But it probably wasn't healthy and maybe it was bad etiquette.
0: When we went out to dinner with Neil Stevenson, didn't we order one of everything at that?
1: I feel like I've only eaten with Neil once and you were not there. Did you and I go out to eat with Neil Stevenson? I feel like we
0: did. Maybe, maybe, maybe it was, maybe you weren't there. I've had uh, I've had dinner with him many what times. What you're saying is you've had dinner with Neil Stevenson. <laughs> well, so have I, but apparently never the same time. Well, because you only had it once. So. Maybe
1: there are two Neil Stephensons. You're going out with the famous cyberpunk author, right? And I'm just, you're just going, going out, out with an, an actuary like, in my neighborhood like, named Neil the Stevenson guy down the
0: street. <laughs> the thing about bezoars is, of course, like every like, and I'm sure Neil Stevenson has written about them in one of his many, many, many. Yeah, books. I think
1: those Isaac Newton books probably have a lot because they had mystical
0: properties right. in, in in space in bezoars. Times. They had mystical properties. They were seen as, as a ama- you know, they're, I mean, it's essentially what a pearl is, right? It's, oh, yeah. A pearl is just a worry stone. The cow is the oyster of the... Of the bezoar.
1: I think it's bezoar, and I'm I'm not going to correct you because that's our listeners' job. Bezoar? I've been saying bezoar my whole life.
0: Isn't bezoar like a like a, Come a with. Beverly Cleary character? <laughs>
1: I thought I was like, yeah, it's Beezus' boudoir. <laughs> Come into my bezoir. If it's
0: bezoir, then it should be spelled differently than bezel. I
1: think it's straight up bezoir. Rhymes with
0: like eeyore. Bezor. Yeah. It's, doesn't it doesn't – the e, the O-A is just – it's well, just pronounced – Well, bleh. if you consider
1: most words in which you say O-A, like <laughs> coat or oak. I see. bezor. They do just – Yeah.
0: I hate this word. Are we
1: going to redo the whole show now? No. Cuz you I'll, don't want to get angry letters? No,
0: I agree. You you, you, you should call start, it bezor, and you keep I'll say saying bezoar. The way. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like I have not started saying solviate, but maybe
0: one of these days. <laughs> anyway, the bezoar or Bezoar, Come depending on how you how You like to roll. Um they had they were imbued with uh with special significance in part because they're obviously extremely rare, rare this doesn't yeah. happen in every animal so you
1: slaughter 100 buffalo you're never going to see one of these it's
0: it's going to be fairly unusual and and uh there are uh, there they were they were treasured by people around the world like pre-contact are they pretty describe them yeah they can be i mean they're they're polished they're very round polished balls of a lot of different Colors um, and sizes because they are they kind of metallic looking. Yeah, or? they have well a combination of co- they look like a mineral. Does it look deposit. like a, a beach rock I just took out of my rock polisher? No, it has a more. It can. It, it, it's 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 less um comp, It's less dense than a rock uh, because it's you know it's uh, it's, it's only got plant matter in there. Somewhere, yeah, it's right? pl- it's plants and it's it's only been in the an animal that has a fairly limited lifespan particularly most of them who've been slaughtered you know it was in there for a while
1: I'm looking but, at pictures yeah some of them look like the moon but very small some they, of them just like look like those kind of uh, maybe kind of a porous granite pebble
0: yeah they can, they're not quite a um, they're not quite like a like a stone egg mm-hmm. uh, like a one of those little granite eggs that I used to get in my Christmas stocking in the 1970s because people didn't know how to give gifts to children.
1: My children love polished stones. There was a place near our house that used to just, they just strew the floor with polished stones and the kids could go waiting around in them. That place later closed because it turns out that is not a thing that people want. That's not a business model. That's,
0: this is not a place that exists. I've started buying old uh, geology kits for my daughter on yeah. eBay. You know, for, for a couple of bucks, you can get these wonderful geology kits from old... 50s geology classes and the stones are beautiful and uh, they come in these beautiful little boxes. She just treasures them because she does, she's a dumb kid. She doesn't know they're not worth anything.
1: Well, that was the generation where you, you had to give your kids science things because right. that was the future was coming. Right. Here comes the future. Chemistry kids. It's still and, on its way. Uh,
0: and rocks. We have to beat the Russians to the moon. Uh, the, the, the thing about bezoars is that like most things in the ancient world, of course, people tried to like see... Like most
1: things in the ancient world, you pronounce them wrong.
0: Uh, Bezoars, uh, Bezoars <laughs> is the guy that runs uh, that runs, uh, M- Jeff, Amazon.com. Jeff, Jeff Bezoar. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to give ex- free ads to a- a- Amazon.
1: That explains his shiny head. It's, right. it's, it's been tossed around
0: in a cow stomach. M- maybe he is a Bezoar. Ken, I, I understand that two out of three guys will experience some form of male pattern baldness uh, by the time they're 35. And of the two of us, yeah, of the two of us, that means
1: one and a third of a guy,
0: and all one is getting and a, a third thin. of those guys is you. <laughs> what uh, what what have you done to try and keeps your hair? I'm getting a little
1: thin on top myself. It's handsome though; and you, you wear well. And you didn't. Uh, well, I've I've managed to hold on to a lot of it just by being proactive. Um, mm-hmm. You used to have to go to your doctor to get a prescription if you wanted one of the FDA-approved uh, hair loss treatments. Um, but now with keeps, you can just visit a doctor online and you get the medication delivered to you at home. So you don't have to stand in line at the pharmacy or whatever. And it's discreet. If you don't want people
0: to know that you're buying hair loss stuff. This is the thing about hair loss though. You can be as discreet as you want, but people are going to (laughs) notice. Like you can wear a hat (laughs) and it
1: doesn't matter, but you don't have to do that anymore with keeps. These are like 90% effective treatments. This is not some kind of snake oil. Um,
0: and, and it seems like it's, uh, it's uh, very affordable, only 10 dollars a month. Uh, and with, uh, with, uh, with keeps, you get to uh, get your first month free. Yeah, treatment start at 10
1: dollars a month, and the first month free, that's a pretty good deal. How would people get that deal, John?
0: Well, if you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com/omnibus. And receive your first month of treatment for free. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash omnibus. You you seem very knowledgeable about
1: that, about that special deal.
0: Well, actually, I've started to notice not, I'm not going to call it thinning. What's before thinning? I'm going to say just uh, just, a little unpredictability up there? I don't know, just reverberations of of, um, lessitude. Did you see did a future John Roderick visit you with a, with a bald spot and warn you no but I you know I don't know it's just it, my my little hairline just I don't know, just seems a little bit more elliptical lately you can fight the ellipticalness before it becomes problematic at keeps.com slash omnibus I think people typically you know they wanted to try every kind of testicle they wanted to eat every sort of uh, f- if an animal had a fin, anytime an animal was big, somebody wanted to eat every part of it to see if it would make them big. Because of course being big, uh, was important. Do you think that's why people eat shark's fins Yeah, you want to get, you, well, you, you want a part of yourself to get big. Right. Uh, you, you don't have to be all the way big if, if you're big in I mean, one, that is one why, place or another. In
1: Asia, for example, that is why a lot of, uh, weird bear and rhino parts get eaten when the, they shouldn't because the right. bear and or the rhino are endangered.
0: Uh, well, they don't get eaten because they're endangered. They get eaten because it will... Im- it- Sorry, I'm saying they should not be eaten. Right. Because but, it, but the part that gets eaten will yes. impart to the eater some power. Yes, yeah, some potency. Some potency. Let's say. And so anything, if you found a thing like this inside of a, an aminal stomach, the first thing you would do, I think, is put it in your mouth. It's like a Cracker Jack. Right? Lick like, it and see like, what happened.
1: Like, the, the, for once, the cow has a prize.
0: <laughs> it's like it's like breakfast <laughs> cereal or Cracker Jack. <laughs> The word uh bezoar mm-hmm. uh it comes from uh the Persian word podzar okay, which Ma- means king of the pods no it, uh, i'm king of the pods no podzar which which suggests or padzar suggests that it actually is pronounced bezoar instead of maybe you're bezoar. saying it the correct ancient uh, iranian podzar. iranian way yeah i that's that's typically the way i mean soviet is what they originally said before.
1: Before probably, L's before were they rationed, had to,
0: before they took the L, <laughs> yeah. before communism took the L, uh, it's Persian for antidote. Ah, because it was discovered by happenstance, probably that um, that a component of the the sort of um, the the mineral constitution of the, one of these stones, the crunchy outer casing, would actually um, would actually sort of deactivate arsenic. Wait, this is true. Yeah, it would separate. I this is
1: going to be some nutty superstition.
0: Well, it, if it, you've had arsenic poisoning, find a cow. I think what it, what happens is it will neutralize the arsenic in a solution. Maybe if you've consumed the arsenic, I'm not. I don't. I'm not sure if you can then eat a uh, eat one of these bezoirs and it will cure you. But it does. You know the 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 mineral content does then bond mm. and separate arsenic into into its components and and neutralize the effect of the poison so it it their their name comes from the word for antidote but they were also prized as antidotes and the ancients and early moderns then extended that to this will uh, work for everything. Yeah, that's right. I mean, they, antidotes they, and dozy dotes and little antidotes. <laughs> <divers. laughs> so they, you know, they prescribed it for everything, and of course, it 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 doesn't it doesn't work for everything. Um, f- uh, famously, there was a story of a of a uh, a surgeon by the name of Ambrose Pare, who decided to test whether or not uh, bezoars or bezoars could were actually antidotes to poison. There was a, a servant in his house who was caught stealing silver and uh, Paré made a bargain. They would, the, the the punishment was to die by hanging for stealing silver uh, oh, from someone's house. Harsh. Or, pff, it was a harsher time. Uh, but his- they, they
1: knew what to do with their ingot thieves. That's
0: right. His, uh, his offer was if he would take poison instead of being <laughs> hanged and then uh, Paré would, would- you know uh, give him this solution of right. bezwar, This is ethical
1: ethical animal testing
0: if it saved his life then he was
1: free th- then he was free do you think if it saved his life once like he didn't have to do repeated trials
0: nope, nope. i think the, i think the, the bargain was if if uh, if this solution works then you're free to go and if not of course you die of poisoning which is what happened the, oh, it didn't work. but the but he was not using uh he was not using arsenic to poison him. he was using um, mercury chloride (laughs) and so the uh, uh, the poor uh the poor servant you know died an agonizing death
1: so bezoars may be the interferon of its time we we just right don't know what it works on and what it doesn't not mercury apparently
0: right uh not mercury and probably not 90 percent of all other poisons but at the time arsenic was the go-to poison for most poisoners so that's I think, where, uh, where they, the stone got its reputation.
1: And it could be accidental, right? I mean, arsenic is found in... Uh, I know my grandparents' place, there was arsenic in the water. So, right. they, so maybe you could get arsenic poisoning even if you didn't have uh, conniving enemies.
0: Right, although, you know, it's, it, it probably took a long time to, to pull arsenic as a cause out of the 10,000 other reasons that you might get sick and die.
1: And to eat a big enough quantity, you'd really have to try. So maybe it is all...
0: Murder victims.
1: This is good. Finally, yeah, finally something for the murder victims.
0: These stuff finally, you know, finally the murder victims get their day. Things have been going wrong for them (laughs) in a lot of ways, (laughs) but now Bezos. The um, the the Bezos. You've come around. Yeah, thank you. We're so you just keep saying it until I until I really sound like a dolt. Beat you into submission. Um, They became so popular as cure-alls and as talismans, uh, uh, Elizabeth I, Queen of England, actually had a ring with a, a little bezel really? in it. Um, and they were they they were scarce enough that they became very expensive. Such that uh, your favorites and mine, the Jesuits, they're uh, always
1: they're always lurking somewhere.
0: The Jesuits of Goa uh, in India, the Portuguese enclave in India started to make fake bezoars <gasps> called goa stones which they would glom together out of ground up uh seashells and and hair and boogers and whatever else wow and then and so goa stones then became a uh, became their own kind of treasure
1: do you think people knew they were getting a fake or? Were uh, Goa stones billed as just as just as good?
0: I don't. You know, I didn't find any contemporary advertisements for bezoars, <laughs> uh for Goa stones, so I'm not sure. But it was uh, it was I think fairly well known that if you tried to use a Goa stone as um, as a antidote, that they were not effective as antidotes and were in fact uh, often poisonous. More like stoppa stones. Stoppa stones. In fact, the. Uh, the, the, the term caveat emptor. Let the buyer beware. Let the buyer beware. Actually is derived from a legal case in 1603 where someone brought suit against someone who had sold them a, a bezor, and they found that the bezor did not work. Imagine specializing in bezor law. Bezor law. It's where like, it's like, your it, honor.
1: The first consumer protection lawyers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> your, your Honor, my friend's wife and children all died of arsenic poisoning when they didn't have to. If he'd only been sold the proper bezor, so that's where we get "Let the buyer beware" and bezor culture. Let the buyer bezor. Hmm. And are bezors? Are they? Do they still exist? They do. You can you can actually go on Etsy right now and look up bezors, and you'll find. You know not an infinite number of bezoores for sale, but bezoores in art and now that people commerce. aren't eating
1: them anymore it's probably done wonders for the bezore supply that's probably really lowered prices yeah, goa's f- probably having a rough a really rough goa
0: bit uh, they um they they continue to uh they continue to exist obviously because cows an- keep eating animals stuff. keep eating stuff, but also uh humans can produce bezoores. I'm sure you were told as a kid not to swallow your gum. I've heard of – yeah, I've heard of cases like this where the doctors have to remove gum wads. Gum wads and and what ends up, you know, shellac and seeds and stuff that that your body can't process and that doesn't end up going through your system. It stays – if In get, your if stomach, it gets
1: big enough to get stuck. Do, do you know what Rapunzel syndrome is?
0: Yeah, that's where it happens. You know, largely to young girls who sit and eat their hair as a nervous habit.
1: I don't have enough hair to do that anymore. Yeah. that would be a little risky for me. It yeah, might not, it, it might
0: not come back. I know that you 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 uh, you're very gentle with how how uh, roughly you comb your hair, <laughs> your hair now for fear that it all comes out. Tricky. But um, but yeah, Rapunzel syndrome can is actually life threatening. Uh, you, uh, the victims or sufferers of Rapunzel syndrome will get a ball of hair so big in their stomach that that they can't, there's not room in there for food. And there will be a tail of hair that actually goes down into their upper intestine. No. And so you, it has to be surgically removed and it ends up looking like a stingray or something. It's got this whole, it, you know, because the body, your, uh, human body can't digest hair. Two questions. Yes.
1: One, if eating... A human hairball would actually cure you. Mm. Would you do so if it were good for your health? No,
0: that sounds gross.
1: Number two, have these people never read the story of Rapunzel? She does not eat her own hair. Famously, she leaves her hair on the outside of her body where it grows. If she was eating all her Mm. own hair, the story would fall apart. The prince would be like, Rapunzel, let me in. And she would say, I can't. I just ate Ait all my all hair. My hair.
0: The, I think it's called Rapunzel syndrome because if you have short hair and just sit and eat your little short hair, mm. your body can pass it through. It's only if you're eating long hair that it ends up kind of coiling in there. Those, uh, by the way, Rapunzel uh, bezoars are called trichobezoars. Mm. Uh, Wait,
1: is that so that's a prefix for hair? I didn't know that. Yeah, tricho, that's, trichobezoars. That's the trick.
0: There are other kinds little babies can get lactobezors, just from milk because they're they're too their stomachs are too young to process you know components in the milk and that and that ends up kind of collecting in their in their stomach there are uh, pharmacobesores because there are elements in modern uh, drugs that aren't really that pass through and aren't Digestible.
1: Oh, that's what terrifies me because I always feel like I, you know I, I toss back a couple pills and then it feels like there's still somewhere in my throat, right? And I'm like, is that pill just going to sit there forever? Just sit there forever? And now right? I know
0: that it does. Well, it gets down in your stomach and creates a bezoar. All of these, are, you know, are are have health effects and are potentially you know they can create they can create a situation where you even get like uh, you start to get gangrene in your tummy because oh. of some bezoar that's sitting there pressing against the side. I can't believe you dislodged me from Bezoar. Uh, there's, you, should uh, you should go back. There's uh, Phytobezoars, which are uh, humans do have a difficult time digesting cellulose and other plant stuff, and that can collect in our guts.
1: You eat too much salad, you can just get a ball of arugula in your stomach forever. A ball of arugula. Arugula Bezoar.
0: But, the, uh, but the, one of the more interesting ones is uh, people that eat unripe persimmons. <laughs> will develop... Luckily, uh, a very small group. <laughs> well, not, surprisingly not. Is China uh, full of unripe persimmon un, eating? Uh, you know, if you eat persimmons, you are at risk of eating an unripe persimmon. Occasionally. But you can always just be like, that
1: one's too hard. What was the last persimmon you ate? I have not eaten a persimmon in decades. Right. They're commonly eaten in Korea. Yeah. Uh, I ate a lot of persimmons as a kid.
0: So this happens... In a while. In, in places where persimmons are popular, you get a thing called diaspyrobezoars, uh, which is unripe persimmons that collect in your tummy. And it turns out the cure for them is Coca-Cola. <laughs> Wait. In almost every instance, if you have a bezoir made of unripe persimmons and you drink <laughs> a bunch of Coke, like medicinal Coca-Cola. <laughs> I have several questions. Does Pepsi work? Oh, wow, Is the doctor going to be like,
1: oh, is Pepsi okay? <laughs>
0: <laughs> we only have Pepsi, is that?
1: <laughs> and also... Is this what, what did people do before Coke?
0: I don't, I don't. They died. They died of of unripe persimmon. I mean, I guess if you take sepsis. brown
1: water and put in a little carbolic acid or something, you probably get something chemically not too different from or phosphoric acid. Yeah, it's probably just it's a mildly acidic solution. Is yeah, that, is that and, what's? And, doing and I the, wonder
0: whether Coke isn't maybe the the, the cure for a lot of uh, bizzwores. Doctors colon Coke is it. <laughs> doctors colon Coke is it <laughs> <laughs> for your colon?
1: I think. Maybe that's why we, as a society, evolved Coca-Cola as an invention. It's uh, it's some Gaia principle thing where our species has realized we need to protect ourselves against the rise of unripe persimmons. Right. And uh, Atlanta hooked us up.
0: There it is, Coca-Cola, the the the, the cure all. And once again, it's a medicine. It started out as a medicine. <laughs> they were right. And then for years we thought it was. We just thought it was garbage. just a
1: pause that refreshes. Yeah.
0: No, it's persimmon defense. Well, back to our friends, the cows. Yes,
1: when are we going to ha- have them being magnetic? So, so
0: uh, bezoars, uh, most bezoars that we've encountered have either uh, performed some medicinal role or have, be- have become a spiritual um, or, you know, precious metal. Uh, and, but we've also seen bezoars or be- bezoars <laughs> um, that, uh, that create problems for people. And this is also true of ruminants. Uh, like a llama produces a beautiful bezoar, and they were treasured by pre-Columbian uh, Americans. Huh. Uh, but these days, a cow and even a caribou, uh, they do not have the pure grass feed that they would, if, if it were the noble cow, uh, standing atop its a, a grassy wild, hill, a
1: wild musk ox right. walking through Central Europe a thousand years ago.
0: These now they're days, just eating
1: garbage. Probably
0: they eat a lot of garbage. Uh, cows have cows are fed hay in bales. They're often set out to graze in um, in pastures that are surrounded by barbed wire. That uh, their their feed is often processed by machines that are. Sort of that are not well maintained and gradually decay, parts break off. A
1: nut like pretty much every bale has a couple nuts and bolts in there. Right. And and, and you-, you wouldn't be able to find them. It would be like finding a some kind of metal object in some kind of a hmm. bundle of hay. Let me see. But that's kind of a evocative I wish, phrase. I wish there was
0: a metaphor if for there that.
1: There was a thing.
0: Uh yeah, it's very much like a a small sharp metal object in a bale of hay being difficult to find.
1: And it's hard to overstate for for future listeners just how much we have just filled random parts of the earth with random garbage.
0: Random garbage.
1: Like our bodies are like a uh, 0.1% plastic now just because Really? Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. know. There's a lot of plastic in us.
0: I mean, if you're a sea lion, surely, but is, there's a is measurable
1: that true? amount of pra- of, of uh, yeah in sea life. But there's a measurable amount of plastic in humans as well. Harsh toke, bro. We got plastico bizors now, just because we're not careful about where we're putting little particles of our man-made stuff.
0: Well, and and. In the case of cows who are eating a lot of trash, like if you think about a pasture, let's say that is, that is surrounded by barbed wire that uh, that borders on a neighboring road, mm-hmm. and the cow is there sticking its um, its very expressive mouth through it's, it's the not expressive we said. <laughs> under the fence and got, and eating the, the the grass that's there next to the road, any amount, of bottle cap and discarded just hubcap. Uh, stuff that breaks off of cars, stuff that falls off of... A gum wrapper. Yeah. Uh, cows are eating it all because, as we've said, their lips aren't distinguishing material. They're, the cow, and they're dumb as hell. They're dumb. The cow is thinking, I'm just going to send... The, if a cow is thinking at all, it's, it's thinking, I'm going to send this down to the rumen. The rumen's going to send it back up to the reticulum. Uh, it's going to come back up into my mouth. I'm going to have a, a lot of opportunities to chew this up. It's, you know... I'm Right now, I'm just going to gobble it down. Well, what happens is that cows eat a lot of metal. Nails, staples, bits of barbed wire, sharp parts that fell off of the combine and the tractor and the motorcycle.
1: Your average cow just has
0: some metal in it. Cows eat all kinds of garbage. It's just that metal is the thing that is a problem because the cow can get that metal into the reticulum and the reticulum will put it down into the rumen. But then when the rumen tries to send that stuff back up, the metal is heavy and sharp and it, it, um, it, it gets passed back and forth, but it starts to do damage. It starts to cut. Uh, the cows' insides uh, nails can poke through the the um, the lining of the organ. It's mutilation. It, God, you really. I for, wish, somebody's making me an auga horn. Is that true? I'm going to start using it instead of I'm a bell. I'm excited. When's the auga horn company. Well, it's, I guess it's in the mail. Uh, and this becomes a real health issue for cows, um, and uh, and farmers are. I, I think farmers take pretty good care of their cows in general, unless it's evil farmers, biggy big, aggro, uh, big, agro, evil farmers, but most farmers are looking after their livestock and they recognize when a cow is ailing, uh, cows can get sick from a lot of things too. And it's not always obvious why a cow is having a problem, but, um, but cows suffer from the feeling of these sharp metal bits in their tummies. So much so that, uh, That in the processing of cow feed, now a a long time ago, uh, magnets were introduced into the conveyor belts that were that were processing cow feed in order to try and collect Mm. the uh, the metal bits out of the out of the food supply. But you can do that if you're feeding cows. Sort of collected hay or processed food that's that you have a chance to run over a conveyor belt. But if, if it's eating from a pasture, cow's just out in a pasture. And what are you
1: going to do? Just line the thing with magnets? You no. can't really
0: do that. I mean, how do magnets even work? Um, <laughs> magnets? How do they work? I, I finally on top of the
1: magnets reference.
0: There are a lot of uh, there are a lot of different kinds of magnets, and uh, there are magnets that that stay magnetized they are magnets that lose their magnetization. Mm-hmm. Uh, the strongest magnets now that we have are called uh, neodymium uh, magnets. And those you'll see that uh, that game, uh, Buckyball. Yeah. Have you seen those Buckyballs that you can make things with?
1: They're super, they fit, they snap together super tightly and strongly. Right. Those, those are neodymium magnets? Yeah.
0: And those magnets actually, uh, uh, Buckyballs actually. Uh, there, there have been attempts to ban them, because kids that eat those buckyballs, the uh, the magnets go down in their stomach and actually will pinch together parts of their intestines. I
1: know that works because I put them on. I put them on my earlobe. Like you can, you Wear can put one earrings. of those on each side of your yeah. Ear ear, but so if
0: you can imagine that them happening inside, pinching some part of your. Uh, your, um, You know, it's it's actually killed a couple of kids. My kids,
1: I have a set of those, and my kids played with them, and they lost them all. Or, I mean, they've lost like a third of them. Maybe they're, I hope they're not
0: inside them. You should walk around your house with uh, some kind of, well, you're right at that age when you're going to start carrying around a metal detector anyway.
1: <laughs> I'm just going to start x-raying my kids every night to make sure
0: <laughs> no buckyballs have got where they oughtn't. Home x-ray. Uh what it was decided, I guess, by some intrepid farmers, uh, what they figured out was that they could actually take a magnet, often an alnico magnet, um, which is a, a kind of um, alnico stands for aluminum, nickel, and what is it? Cobalt. Uh, cobalt. Yeah. Right. I was gonna. Uh, was gonna say carbide, but it's no. It's cobalt. Uh, it's a. It's a. Um, it's a. Metal made of aluminum, nickel, and, and cobalt, mm-hmm. and steel, or whatever, iron. Not steel, iron. Um, and it is... Uh, it, 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 it takes well to being magnetized. It can, you can make a, a much stronger magnet out of that. I think
1: nickel and cobalt are both ferromagnetic, like yeah. iron. I think they're the only other metals that can,
0: that and, can magnetize
1: the same way iron can.
0: Combining them in, in the right proportion... You know, creates a, a, um, a super magnet. A super magnet. And though El Nico is actually uh, the material that's used in a lot of speaker cones in in, uh, in rock and roll amps. Oh. So it's a it's a, a word a term of art that we use in rock a lot. Like you'll look at somebody's amp and go, "Oh, does that have Al Nico speakers in it?" It's like a, it's one more thing that you can be snobs about.
1: I thought Al Nico was some famous sound engineer or
0: something. Yeah, right. Al Nico, he was Al amazing. Nico. I think and, he produced Pet Sounds. But then he uh, then he got killed in that uh, pizza hit. <laughs> um, what they uh, what they started to do was actually take a an Al Nico magnet, generally a little sort of. Uh, cylinder a tube that's about the size and shape of a roll of pennies except with rounded corners okay and actually insert it down the cow's throat really stick it down into the reticulum at which point the cow will pass it down into the rumen
1: do they get the cow to swallow it or is there some kind of long they, they are we, we imagining it, some kind of long
0: prod that they put it down far enough that the cow doesn't have a choice to swallow it hmm. Uh you don't just give it to a cow with a, with a big glass of water and no, say, "Hey, you're t- not like, take this." Hey, check it. You know, this is this is going to get you really high. <laughs> uh, and then it sits there in the rumen, this cow magnet, and it collects all the metal that comes in the cow's feed. That's insane. And the magnet is just big enough that it can't get passed down into the amossum or the I think it turned out to be a mason. A mason, So it can't pass through and out. So the magnet stays in the cow for the life of the cow. The cows are permanently magnetized. They are permanently magnetized such that if you are a veterinarian or a farmer and you want to see if a cow has been magnetized, the way that you do it is take a compass, just a Boy Scout compass, and hold it under the cow, and the uh, the compass will react to the magnet in the it's cow. It's pointing to N, but the N stands for
1: nearby cow.
0: Nearby cow.
1: Wow. And so the, uh, the magnet—let me, let me try to get this straight. So the magnet attracts all the metal. Right. But—and I guess that's okay— it's the metal moving around that's the trouble. What, so, so a, a metal coated pellet doesn't cause any problem.
0: No, it's uh, the uh, El Nico is anti corrosive, and um, I was just thinking that stuff's still going to be jagged. It is, but uh, but what ends up happening, the way that it ends up kind of piercing the cow, is that those that the reticulum and the rumen are muscular organs that are contracting and pushing food around, pushing it back up. Uh, into the esophagus. And so if a, if a nail or a, or a staple or something gets into uh, the wrong position, the, the, the clenching of the muscle, the, the motion of the muscle is what forces the, the sharp bit, you know, through the, the fabric of the organ. Mm. Whereas if it's, if all those things are fastened to this big blob of metal, that's kind of in the center of the organ it's never going to find its way into these little pockets these little places and the you know the magnet has to be strong enough and to hold its charge for the lifetime of the cow to keep the keep the metal out or keep keep it from you know and i bet they reuse apart. them they do reuse is them is that true yeah when they, they slaughter uh, the cow when and- they slaughter the cow they find the cow magnet and they d- they dust it off and put it in the next cow uh that's a, that's a little humiliating to used well, eat you know, a used magnet once again. Who knows the, where it's been? The cow is just like, Durr. Uh Cow magnets went through a phase where uh, in the in the late seventies, early eighties, during the gas crisis, when fuel seemed like it was rocketing up in price, and um, and there were uh, the catalytic converters and new unleaded gas was coming in. A kind of urban legend swept rural America where um, people popularly believed that if you attached cow magnets on either side of your fuel line (laughs) right before it went into the carburetor that you, that it would improve your gas mileage (laughs) and so much so that the price of cow magnets skyrocketed cow magnets, which were $5 a piece at the food store. Uh, at the feed store, all of a sudden we're trading for 30 bucks, 50 bucks because people believed, uh, that they would improve your mileage. Um, and of course then scientists said there is no way that magnets are going to help your car use less gas. Were farmers actually convinced by scientists in this case? Uh, I think what happened was it fell out of fashion. Maybe the price of gas went down again, and and uh, it was like so much stuff that happened in 1980, uh, it just didn't didn't uh, didn't stick around. It was sort of like uh, like professional arm wrestling, or uh, I guess line dancing did stick around.
1: I guess um, maybe it just needed better marketing. I would call them cattle edit converters. Think how much that would sell. Think how well that would do. I
0: hate you so much.
1: And that concludes Cow Magnets. Entry 289.jl0118. Certificate number 28929. In the omnibus. Now, futurelings, uh, if you would like to communicate with John and myself, if you have the potential to do that in your era, there's a multitude of ways to do that. If you if you send us things, we will stick them to the refrigerators with our cow magnets. We could use a cow. We could use a you can use a if you have a sufficiently magnetic cow, I assume you could use that to put things on your refrigerator door.
0: Here's a weird thing about cows. Uh-huh. Did you know that cows and deer stand facing north? Cows I- have an internal compass. Yeah, they can,
1: t- they can feel the Earth's magnetic field.
0: And they, and they will stand facing north given, uh, given no impediment.
1: I remember reading about this. People had watched cows graze for thousands of years, and no one ever saw this until the dawn of aerial photogrammetry or whatever you call it because of, uh, like, Google Earth-type solutions.
0: And people then looked down and were like, wait a minute, why
1: what? are all those cows— Every cow I look at, like three out of four facing north. Do you think they get better at it when they have magnets in their uh, r- r- reticula? Deer also do
0: this. Well, that's what I'm wondering, right? Like uh, how does a magnet inside the cow affect its ability to discern it's gonna mess it up. True north? It's going to mess it up. It's going to start trying to face its own stomach. Hmm. You're going to turn your cows inside out. Well, it's going to turn it's going to end up being just like me, just sitting and staring at your stomach all day.
1: Send things to John or myself via uh, at Omnibus Project, uh, PO Box 55744, Shoreline, Washington 98155 and we will stick them on our fridges with a magnetic cow. Um, you can send us cow magnets or magnets that look like cows. If you want to send us uh, digital non-corporeal items, we received email in our era at the Project at genemail.com. We were at the Omnibus Project and or at Ken Jennings and at John Roderick on a variety of time-wasting social media uh, platforms that we now deeply regret, I'm sure. Uh, if you would like to support the Omnibus financially, um, the long-term viability of the show, now we owe to our uh, grateful listeners. And if you have been thinking, I just want to give back. The Omnibus has given me so much mispronounced information mm. about cow insides.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: how, do, how do I contribute, Ken? And I would say that's very easy to do. Just go to patreon.com omnibusproject and uh, and become a, a donor to the show, you'll receive amazing benefits.
0: Yeah, face the music. Hey, there it is. There, I'm trying. I'm trying to catch <laughs> up with you. I mean, <laughs> it, you know, that may be my first pun. It took me 14 minutes to compose,
1: or 50 years <laughs> if you're looking at it a different way. Uh, we also, what did I not say? The Futurelings uh, congregate on mm-hmm. our Facebook site, and there's a Reddit, a subreddit for them as well reddit.com slash r slash futurelings.
0: There's a reddit, subreddit.
1: For everything, probably. There's probably one for uh, for cow
0: magnetism. Subcommandant.
1: We, uh, in, in the mail this week, by the way, somebody sent us a copy of a uh, sent you a, a copy of a paleontology book they thought you would like, John, and uh, she also sent us some bitto Honey.
0: Biddo Honey? Does she think that we are old people that only <laughs> eat uh, old people candy? I th-
1: the funny thing is, I think we have mentioned bitto Honey on the show, but like in a show that would not have been released yet at the time she put this in the mail, she predicted well, uh, the entrance of spread that bit of that honey, bit of honey
0: around. What are you doing, hoarding it over there?
1: We also got a Christmas card from the McRae Hoy family, who points out with a series of arrows which people in the pictures listen to the show
0: uh-huh. and which don't. That's uh-huh. very, it's very <laughs> helpful, right? Well, let's take a pen and X out the eyes of all the people that aren't listening to the show.
1: Uh, and. Is there, is there anything else? Did I cover all the things uh, I, I normally think, cover? Uh, you know, ooh, the, ooh. Our email
0: address, uh, support the show at patreon.com slash Project. Futurelings, P.O. Box, you gave them the address. I think I did it all. Yeah, okay. Futurelings, from our vantage point in your distant past, we have no idea how long our civilization survived. We have no idea whether or not the bezoars of the future became somehow – self-aware, even more self-aware than their hosts. And, I mean, probably it's a it's a safe, warm environment for you if you're a thoughtful stone living inside the second stomach of a cow.
1: It's true. We don't know if our listeners have new, unsuspected kinds of bezoars, or if they indeed are. I wonder. That's are. right.
0: They could be a bezoar. They could be a bezoar inside of a bezoar, like a, a nesting doll. meta Uh We hope and pray that that the catastrophe we fear that that spells the end of our uh, species and our time uh, never comes. But if the worst comes soon, this recording, like all the recordings, may have been our final word. But if providence allows, we hope to be back with you soon for another entry in the on